To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So this week I have on my good buddy, Dan Heverin. So you probably heard Dan on the podcast before. It's one of my good hunting partners. We go on a bunch of adventures together, and, and he's just a great guy. I just really enjoy hanging out with him. Uh, seems like when we get together, all we can talk about is bow hunting. You know, we're talking theories, and we're talking you know new locations, new tags we'd like to draw, uh, plans for the future, and and so it's it's just perfect that I can get him on the podcast here, and and we can record an authentic conversation and. Um, I try to take advantage of it we, you know, whenever we get together. I just really like these live ones with, with buddies. We just have such a great connection together. So this is a really fun podcast for me and hope you guys enjoy it. Sponsor for today's show is Matthews Bows. Uh, Matthews is just building great next-level bows. They just keep moving the bar, and I really believe they're building the best bows on the market right now. Um, I, you know, I fell in love with their last couple bows, the the Halon Six and and the Triax last year. I just had a great connection with, and and this year they came out with the Vertix, and the Vertix is modeled after the Triax, but it's just a little bit longer axle to axle, which I really like. But it it's just a forgiving, smooth shooting bow. Um, I, I can't wait to see what the next year holds for me with this bow. Uh, I'm going to take it with me down in uh, Coos Country in January, so really excited to take it down there. But, I mean, the bow is just a shooter. Um, gosh, it, it solid back wall on it, holds good at full draw, and just forgiving and quiet, too. Um, just uh, really silent. Like, I shoot in my garage a lot in the wintertime. And the sound kind of echoes around, and it's got to be the quietest bow I've ever shot. But uh, I really enjoy shooting Matthews. I believe they're the best bows on the market, so make sure to check out that new one, guys. And with that, yeah, over at Eastman's, um, can't wait to get together with these guys here uh, a few more days and, and uh, be meeting up with them in the ATA, going to record some really good podcasts. I got some great guests coming up there and, and, and other great guests locally trying to get together with. And, and uh, so, yeah, I'm just really excited at, at the content we're putting out and uh, the content that we got coming up. But uh, just be good to get together with these guys and hear about their hunts. I saw Ike arrowed a really good late season buck in Colorado, and so... Um, I want to hear about that and yeah, uh, catch up with Scott Reekers and Brandon Mason, me and Brandon, we just shared a hunt on, um, it right now it's on the beyond the grid, which is on YouTube. Um, if you search beyond the grid, I think it's Northern herds or, um, if you search, uh, Eastman's, you'll find it on there, but, um, just a really cool episode. Uh, it, it's really neat when they don't have to put commercials in them, like in that, you know, in that format on the internet with beyond the grid, it's just really cool. Um, to, to see it in its entirety and, and share to hunt with Brandon Mason. Uh, he did this amazing Alaska adventure and, and, uh, the episode just turned out really good, but it'll be fun to get together with Brandon. And, um, I'd like to have another conversation about hunting Alaska. Um, I just love that place up there. It's, it's just so vast and giant 
and it's just built for adventure. You know, there's not much, there's not many roads or access points, and and um, a lot of it you have to get to by flying to it. And, and there's a lot of float hunts up there, and it's just Alaska is just true adventure. I I really like that place, and can't wait to get back up there. But excited to get together with Brandon and have a conversation about it. But uh, yeah, it'll be good. Got uh, into the New Year's here, and and uh, yeah, just um, running like a madman. Uh, it's just squeezing my runs in, trying to squeeze everything in in life, you know, trying to good quality time with my family and get my work done and, and uh, get my runs and my shooting in. And, um, yeah, so far so good. It's been going really good lately and uh, just enjoying life to the fullest and just can't wait for some of these these hunts to come up and, and uh, been really researching a bunch of units, looking for where I'm going to apply for and, and uh, trying to make sure I've got some tags for 2019, which I'm sure you guys are too. But let's get this thing rolling. So uh, Dan Haverin, Eastman's Elevated, here we go. Okay, I'm live here, Eastman's Elevated. I got my buddy Dan Heverin over. Um, we're just sitting down, having a conversation, talking hunting. Uh, thanks for being on again. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I made a little trip over here, shoot the bows today, and kind of hang out and kind of gather gather our thoughts for the next upcoming year and just kind of talk about it. So, yeah, good day just to hang out. Put you to work is yeah, what I did. Yeah, I made you, you go move my clients <laughs> in. I finally finished that house, and, yeah, we went over and... Moved some of the heavy stuff over there and got it set up for them. And yeah, they took advantage of that today, didn't they? Oh, two young guys. Do you want to come hang out, move move our furniture in? <laughs> oh, I knew moving day, if yeah. you show up to do anything, you know, you're caught into it. Or not caught into it. I want to help them out. Yeah. It wasn't that big a deal. And, and uh, we got them moved in and got them settled in. But, yeah, just a great feeling to pass off the house. But, yeah, I didn't mean to make you work when you came <laughs> over here today. Yeah. yeah, get a day off. Come over here and work. So, yeah, yeah pretty but fun. We, but we did get to shoot quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shooting in the wind today just trying to get that new bow dialed in but yeah things shooting good um working on the tune on it too yep. you know um i was telling you this one um i did torque tuning on mm-hmm. so i think that's really cool in theory i'd never done that to a bow and i've read about it a bunch and and heard about it and i just finally decided that you know i'm trying to make the most forgiving accurate bow i can yeah like torque tuning i think only helps and it's it's what it is is it's the distance that you adjust your sight and your rest away from your riser or mm-hmm. to your riser and you get those distances the same and then all of a sudden you can shoot at a vertical line at 20 yards or at 40 yards or wherever you hit that vertical line and then torque your bow to the left mm-hmm. and then shoot and it still hits that vertical line torque your bow to the right still hits that vertical line it's wild in theory but it just it yeah, makes for gonna, a forgiving bow. Yeah, it's going to make for forgiving. Who, who knows what might happen out in the field. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. I've been thinking about it a lot since we talked about it. And, I mean, it's a it's a cool thought. I saw you did bring your sight into your bow quite a bit. Yep. So, I brought my, my sight. Usually, I shoot it farther away from my bow. Yeah, this like a six-inch dovetail, correct, is what yeah. you usually run. It looks like now you're down to like a four almost. Yep, I think so. so. But it, it does give you more distance on your sight. Yep. Um. And torque tuned, I just think, is a more forgiving setup. My, So my distance from my sight to my riser has always been to line up my peep sight mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I think a really tight-fitting peep sight to your sight aperture, yep. when those line up perfectly, and it's different in all lighting, but in universal lighting, when they line up well... I just think you have more. So you don't have a shots. bunch of daylight around your yeah. actual sight. Like when you're looking through your peep, you don't see daylight around 
you know the the you know the circle of your site you're actually yes. seeing peep is lined up with the site housing yep so and not too small either yep, where yep. you can't see so the then it's edge like floating it. in yeah there. You, don't, you don't want that you want it so it actually lines up and some people shoot centering their pin in their peep site Yes. Instead of centering their site aperture in their yep. peep site. So you, you do your site aperture? Yeah, I center yep. the site aperture and then look through that as like, pretend it's like a barrel from your peep to your actual round of your site is like a barrel. And then you got your pin in the, in the center. So you're looking through your pin at the target. But yeah, so you line that up first. Just make sure there's... See, I run a pretty small peep. I saw you drilled your peep out today or, or it made some adjustments that you moved your site in. You made it bigger, right? You made your peep a little bit bigger yes. to line up. But, yeah, I run a pretty small peep because I like my site quite a ways out there. I just, you know, for me, it works works pretty good. I've been shooting a single pin last year, and, and uh, yeah, I just I really like just having one thing to, to focus on. So having those things lined up I think is a big deal. I think that's going to help a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I like the five-pin mover, but I can yeah. see where the single site in the center Centered on your sight um, aperture, also mm-hmm. centered on your peep, would make for real accurate shooting, no matter what the range is. Yeah, and most of the time you dial anyways. Yeah, you dial anyways. I mean, I, I like either way. I'd I'd shoot a, a five or a three or a one. I think I could get used to any one of them. I just and this year I think I'm gonna go back to the five and 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 do that. I, I like them. I like them all. It just depends on what kind of hunting you're into. You know, if you have the time to to get a good range and, and move your sight, which I try to always do. I mean, then you're not, you're not splitting pins. You're not, you know, you're always holding on, you know, dead center at all times. So if you got to take that extra se- second to roll your, roll your sight, you might as well do it. It's going to make for a more accurate shot. Yeah. Um, accuracy is just king. And especially like when you're hunting out West and you're getting 40 yard, 50 yard shots, yeah. you know, even 60 yard shots, like dialing to the exact yardage mm-hmm. instead of trying to float your pins over them or gap shoot. It's just so much more accurate yeah. to hold your pin where you want to hit and then execute a good shot. Yep. I'm I talked to, that. I talked to you and I talked to other buddies about it all the time. You know, why are you running that one, that single pin? You know, what if something happens you know, you get your range and you're, you're drawn back and, and the elk takes or the deer, deer takes a few steps. You know, I totally get what they're saying. It, it would be nice to have, another pin so if he does walk 10 yards you're not you know you're not taking another seconds you know a few minutes or whatever to get another range and redial and you already got a pin you know oh yeah he he probably went five to ten yards i got a pin for that so you're already set up and you're already ready to shoot so i get it i just man if you can take the time to dial i mean why not you know and it's nice having just one thing in your sight Mm -hmm. because you're you're looking through your sight anyways you're not focusing on that actual sight or at least you sh- i don't think you should be i think you should be looking through your site putting the pin on what you're looking at but focusing on your target and so having just only one pin you know in in the center of that instead of having like five or seven or whatever you have you just have the one so you get to actually see the target what you're shooting at a lot more yeah that makes sense so it's just kind of nice and then and then i don't know i mean when i was younger and shooting uh you're all excited you're in the field and you got dialed or you got all these pins in there and you, you're like, what range is it? And you, you kind of forget what, what uh, range your pins are. You know, I did that when I was younger quite a bit, actually. You miss something. You're like, oh, I used the wrong I used the wrong pin. You know, with a single, you only have one to worry about. So Yeah, as long as you're dialed to the right yeah. yardage, yeah. you can't shoot them on the wrong pin. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, there's ups and downs on both ways. It's just whatever you get used to and what, you know, whatever fits your needs a little bit better, you know. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, it's fun to dial those things in and set that that site i know i had to make some micro adjustments before you showed up i yep. was tying in my peep and yeah like you say i drilled out my peep a little bit reamed it out mm-hmm. so it would line up with my site aperture a little bit better and then um 
Yeah, just fine-tuning on that thing. Um, it's fun playing with them, moving things around. You can always move anything back, but it's fun actually moving your rest around, seeing what it does. And we used to talk a lot about lean, you know, cam lean, and we talked about that tonight. We talked about, you know, these new bows are running, um, like, these fixed shims on the sides right now. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of fun to actually get to know your bow. Take something apart and put it back together and actually kind of get to know your bow. Your cat is... Yeah, yeah, my cat loves you, or <laughs> maybe hates you. You yeah. never know. I know. <laughs> Nervous to, to pet her, she might attack. She, she Usually, might. I leave bleeding from this place. So I wasn't sure. It's like, oh, um, so yeah, I, I enjoy it. Like tonight, we we shot. I don't know how many rounds, several rounds tonight, and and then uh, p- pulled the the paper out and shot through paper at the end of the evening and, and uh, just see where we're at. And yeah, I enjoy that a lot. You're just gonna get better by doing it. Taking really good shot, shooting with a buddy is awesome it's better than just shooting solo you know you're shooting with somebody and the guy's looking over your shoulder at everything you're doing i mean it just gives you that little more um a little more challenge i guess you know you're trying to compete with your buddy and make sure you're not falling short and you know keeping up and, sh- and shooting just as well or you know there's a little bit of competition in the air regardless and mm-hmm. yeah i think that's i think that's really good too that's mm-hmm. you know good practice and that and then like watching you shoot you know like oh, yeah this is what i think uh, um i saw or this you're you, you know, you're watching the other guy, you're watching his setup, and so you can kind of make, like, why are you doing it this way, or why'd you, ow, stop, cat just bit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's good shooting with a buddy, because, you know, I might be doing something wrong, too, or I might be, Fletching's making contact on my rest, or, I mean, who knows what I might mm-hmm. be doing, it's having, it's nice having somebody there just kind of critique you a little bit, or give you suggestions, or, you know, asking you, why are you doing that, you know, I, it's good practice, we, uh, we floated around, did uh, tried different uh, releases tonight. We're playing with your, you know, we back tension release and different, you know, mm-hmm. um, thumb releases, trigger releases. The hinge, um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's fun doing that. I think mixing up and shooting all those hinges and all those releases, it's gonna make you better. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, go grab one. That's the one I'm gonna use this year. But you get to mess with it and see what they're all about, and and you're, um, you're focused on making a better shot. So you're really focused on. Um, when you do draw back, you're holding it correctly. You're pushing your shoulder blades together. I mean, you're pulling your bow nice and tight. I think it's good practice, just mixing it up. Mm-hmm. You know, making good shots. You know, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was, and then being out here in Ennis, the <laughs> the wind is always, it's always here. So that's always fun. You know, doing the the bubble lean or or you know shooting off target a little bit to to make up for uh, the steady um, cross bre- cross cross breeze that we had tonight. So, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a gnarly crosswind yeah. tonight. Trying to aim you know full bubble and then off the target a little bit but yeah it's always wind and then it's it's variable and so it's yeah. like it dies all of a zero sudden yeah. to, to maybe six or eight miles yeah. an hour yep. but in a direct crosswind it's amazing how much oh, yeah. that affects your arrow and the wind drift and it it's tough to think of those details when you're in the field and i mm-hmm. you know i had a shot this year that i missed because of wind drift and i live in ennis yeah. but it, it's just so variable that you just have to take it into account when you're shooting because it's wild like we were shooting the the far targeted you know or or the you know the one that was out there quite a ways yeah, but this, it was yeah. amazing how far your arrow would wind drift yeah it especially we we spun the broadheads on the, we're shooting broadheads out of these and, and holy cow it makes a big difference mm-hmm. i mean you can't get away with anything when you're shooting those you got to make a perfect shot almost every time i mean you have to yep so it's just yeah it's, it was good it was good practice and it was kind of good eye opener and it's like holy cow all right i gotta work on this i gotta work on this and that's great you know always yeah it's winter time it's tough to find the time when it's all dark out and you're you're a pretty good shot at 10 yards but yep. once you can finally get some daylight and shoot outside and then shoot for some wind yeah um that's me just want to keep working at it too keep getting better and keep shooting but yeah we got a hunt coming up we're gonna 
try to make it down to Arizona again. Yeah. Go chase those those coos, I think. Maybe a little muleys um, on the way down. There's a couple good units we may stop and look around, but. That's, I like those hunts that are just action, and like coos fits that for me, especially if we can find the rut. It's like the animal kingdom down here Heck now, yeah. my dog and my cat. They're <laughs> just really interested in this whole recording. But it, it's just action down there. I love the hunts. You know, bow hunts for us, are the mm-hmm. opportunity hunts are the best. When you get a bunch of chances, a bunch of stocks, you're chasing and running stuff down, trying to trying to get an arrow Heck into yeah. a mature Action critter. Action packed, nonstop, yeah. yeah. On aggressive deer. I mean, they're super aggressive little deer. I mean, yes. they're just going for it down there and get in there and get in the mix and, you know, get a good uh, vantage point and then just hopefully be making plays all day long, you know. Like, all right, I'm going, I'm going you know, my turn or your turn. I'm going for it. I'll be back in an hour, you know. <laughs> so it's pretty, it'll be pretty fun. I'm excited about it um hopefully bump into a couple more javelinas again like we did last year i mean that'd be fun those are those are a blast to hunt i mean mm-hmm. they're like perfect for archery hunters those things are pretty cool they are i say we get a tag for a couple of those again and you're right you talk about them being aggressive and i remember last year when we were down there uh miguel that hunts those coos all the time said that he saw a, a coos deer actually fight off a mule deer yeah. during the rut yep yeah, chase the chase the mule deer out of, out of his area, you know. He's yeah, like, <laughs> so that's a hundred hundred pound coos yeah. chasing a two hundred pound muley. Yeah. So they are aggressive. Um, yeah, and, and when they're rutting, they're just traveling so much country, and it's like anything. So lately, you've really got hooked on the late season oh, muley man, rut, right? And yeah. you've you've only hunted the early and mid season, and hadn't hunted really a lot of the late season stuff. You know, in in Montana, it's rifle season, and so there isn't a lot of opportunity. You've got to work really hard to find good deer hunting around, and and most of the time you kill your deer early season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, But but this year you've really gotten into it, and the rut is so much fun and such an experience. And that's the way I think of Arizona and coos deer is just the experience to be down in the desert and to be, you know, living down there. It's warm temperatures, soaking (laughs) in sunshine. And then you're just putting in miles and just sweat coming down your brow and you're, you're hunting again. You're, you're on your mission and you're trying to find these things. And, and I really think that every different species and every different habitat improves your skill set as a hunter in different ways. And to become the ultimate hunter, you have to be good in all these the, these varied habitats, you know, where you can go in there, be able to, to put together the pieces, figure out what the coos are doing or what the yeah. antelope, elk, mule deer, you know, put in, fill in the blank, what they're doing and how you're going to outsmart them and then immerse yourself in that game and that habitat and figure it out and get it done. And I just think coos just fits that bill and improves your glassing technique, oh, your yeah, stalking technique. Say, the toughest I mean, animal to glass, just glassing, to find one. Yeah, yeah, it makes you so much better behind yep. the glass. And, and then it's just, it's pure fun to just be on an adventure and, uh, you know, to be able to go down there with you and, and uh, go hunt those things. Man, I'm really looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, go sleep in the dirt and, I mean, just bounce around, try not to get stabbed by everything down there that wants to stab you or rip your clothes or rip your hands or, I mean, I was bleeding all up my arms and my legs and my hands everywhere last year. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be a challenge. We're going to come out on top. We're going to yeah. put a couple nice coups down. They're really challenging, but, yeah, we're going to get a couple this year. I think we got the rut time dry a bunch of spots that we've learned over the years um man i think we're dialed i think we're gonna go down there yeah, and have a be, blast it'll be it'll be awesome. a couple yep yep and i'd like to hunt muleys down there in arizona a little bit more too it's over the counter there's a bunch of different units it's just so i haven't hunted it i've i've kind of put 
you know, I, I kind of think of them as like um, smaller desert deer down mm-hmm. there, spindly deer, and you don't really find the big ones unless you're hunting, you know, the, the Kaibab or the, oh, yeah. the Arizona Strip. But there's quality deer throughout there. You know, that that's my own stigma that I put on yep. that place down there. There's good desert muleys down there. I, I just feel like they're, um, they're, they're populations per square mile. Like, there isn't that many of them, so yeah. you're not going to see many Very deer. Low, yeah. So we're going to have to just cover a lot of miles, low yep. deer numbers, which I'm fine with, yeah. and and try to find a mature buck down there. But I think that's where I'm I'm always drawn to these hunts that are just action. Yeah. Like the, you know we're there's going to be 100 different bucks running down yeah, there. We're yeah, we're going to see 25 deer a day, yep. four or five different bucks a day, and be running after them, making plays, making yep. stocks in the desert. So, I mean, I'm that's why I'm kind of drawn to that. And now... Our late season muleys that we've been doing, mm-hmm. you know, they've been action because they've been during the rut with good yes. populations. Yes. So uh, Montana mule deer, you killed a really nice one this year. Yep. I killed a good late season one. And then we've been hunting different states, too. And uh, the rut's just been going and good winter range populations. Just and wild. Man. Yeah. Just I mean, they're. Yeah, when you're up in the high country and you kind of have the place to yourself and you're going for it and these things are, are rutting as hard as they have as hard as they have been and we're up in the snow or up wherever we're at. I mean, it's been it's been action packed. I've been really getting into this late season, you know, mule deer archery. Even in Montana, you know, it is rifle season. Everybody's out there with a rifle or I mean, which is great. That's fine, but I mean, it's I think where it's at is out there challenging yourself with the bow in your hands and getting close to these things and hopefully one holds still. You know, that was my biggest thing i i missed a buck my uh, when I, I killed mine the same morning i missed a buck because i thought he was going to stop and i was all ready and had everything you know dialed and and he, right when i'm getting ready to drop back right when i'm pulling the trigger he's he's already moving again you know it's like man they just do not hold still they're so they're just going for it and it's it's just a lot of fun it's a different style of hunting you know it's there's patience involved but at the same time you need to move you got to be you got to be going it's more aggressive oh yeah it? you're yeah. just constantly trying to outsmart them or, or beat them to a mark or trying to cut them off or i mean it's just like holy cow just keeping up with these things they just they run themselves to death i mean it's it's wild they're just going non-stop mm-hmm action yes yeah, so it's it's, it's a mountains blast. are built for us too yes. which is yeah. nice yeah mountains that we're hunting you just big mountain peaks big ten thousand foot peaks and then uh everywhere in between but they're just big mountain miles where you have to lose a bunch of elevation yep. or gain Across a bunch of elevation and, yep. and then deep snow foot foot and a half of snow just high degree of difficulty and mm-hmm. you know there there's a lot of pressure in these units but at the same time if you put in the work and put in a few miles pretty soon you have it all to yourself yeah yeah i mean a ton of fun trying to survive and i mean it's super cold at night and nights seem twice as long as day or daytime this time of year you know Get dark so at five yeah light so at eight. <laughs> i mean if you're backpacking like like you were down there and you're setting up a spike tent or you're bivy camping and it's getting down into the teens at night and you're in a literally a sleeping bag in the snow for 16 hours in the dark i mean it makes for it's difficult it's tough it's not for everybody but it's it's a fun challenge to have you know i mean you got to build a fire stay warm stay alive and but man you hike that far in there you got to stay i mean you're not going to go back and forth every single day and night so it's like you get in there you got to stay and i mean what a challenge it's just so much fun those things those bucks just you know big mature muley just chasing does and you're getting close and you're making plays with them or you get into like uh the buck party we got into where you just multiple bucks running around bucks fighting bucks chasing bucks breeding does i mean it was just like pretty epic hunting i mean yeah. action pack just 
you know, bucks coming out of nowhere. Just like, where did he come from? We haven't seen that buck yet. What, what the heck just happened, you know? And, I mean, gosh, it's so much fun. I mean, these things are just super aggressive and just, oh, my gosh, so much fun chasing these things. Mm-hmm. So it's, like you say, um, uh, we did a base camp. But, yeah, that yeah. one weekend I had spiked out. But, I, yeah, I think that's the move when you're going back yep. deep in there and you can find your own basins and, and your own deer to go hunt. I, I think setting up a camp back there, and it's tough to, to bivy. You need heat that time of year. It's why oh, we man. had the wall tent yes. and the stove. But I really think like one of those lightweight shelters yeah. yeah with a with a stove built in like i've been looking at that one i was showing it to you today that one that from little, seek outside yeah, that little teepee, little, deal, teepee yeah. little little uh stove and i know they make a bunch of good ones out there but just something that we can backpack in in montana you know in in multiple different places multiple mm-hmm. different states but gosh if you can just put your base camp a few miles back in there have heat yep. in that late season gotta stay and then warm. hunt out of yep. there yeah I, I think you'd be money, but yeah, that was good hunting. You killed a heck of a nice deer. Yeah, back what there. a great buck, right? I mean, I've yeah. been, been hunting there for a few years now, and I just, man, I just, I needed, I needed a good kill, and I, I got a real nice mature buck. I was super happy with, and I mean, just turned out, turned out awesome. Made a great shot on him. He held still for me right in bow range. I mean, it's, it was just perfect. You know, I, I knew where they were, and I just, I just tried cutting him off i got in between him and his does and it just it just worked out you know it was it was great um you were there like you showed up that same day i think mm-hmm. yeah i mean it was just it was such a and then the following day was action-packed i mean holy cow we had bucks all over the place had the whole place to ourselves i think i mean mm-hmm. it was pretty wild so um yeah holy crap what a great buck you know real mature what do you think he was six six-year-old seven-year-old buck i mean Somewhere nice right there yeah big nice, mature, heavy, heavy yeah buck. he's a good one so i was i was pretty happy with that yeah stoked for you yeah such a nice one yeah yeah you That's deserve them so you're you're getting um the way you talk it seems like you're almost getting as hooked on the late season oh, as man. you as you are the early season the extreme hunts gosh right now if i had to choose a favorite or a choose a hunt that i would for sure is going to go on next year it's going to be late season muley in the rut whether it's montana or i don't care where it's at any state so fun isn't but it? even if people are chasing with rifles i'm going to be the guy out there with a bow trying to make it happen because holy cow that is just my favorite hunt right now it just makes me smile thinking about it those things are just ah oh, gosh it's a challenge don't get me wrong it's a mm-hmm. big challenge and uh you know there's a lot of eyes out there and groups of them and i mean yeah it's a blast people shooting at them with rifles but it's like yeah i'm gonna go for it you know i'll wear orange and i'll have my bow (laughs) it'll be fun you've been doing it a lot of years now you've been very successful yeah well Um, you can get away from the pressure and that's the key too exactly just travel a little bit more yeah to enjoying your experience too is to just have it on your own and yeah, for some reason, me and you have always been drawn to that bow and that yep. getting close and that, you know, that's our ultimate goal and our ultimate challenge. And so, yeah, you can kind of get off on your own to where you don't really, you know, the only thing that's different from a bow hunt is that you have some orange on, but you're really not dealing with other yep. hunters or you're able to get away from them and find your own niche. Um, you know, and it's wild. There's a lot of places you can backpack into where you can hardly see a deer. There's yes. just pockets that you find. There's High population that they and just like. random places. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, and you just find one of those spots, and then all of a sudden, they're just, um, you know, every spot you're glassing, or not every spot, but yeah. you glass it hard and pick it apart, and you pick out deer, and you pick out bucks. That, and you start learning places like that, and then you, you find you're at a different location on the other side of the mountain, or you get snowed out, or whatever happens. Well, now you got that fresh spot in your mind, so you try mimicking that same kind of scenario yeah. someplace else, and you, exactly right. you start picking up on it. You kind of pick up on what they like, what, the, you know... 
as much day, uh, as much sunlight as they want. You, where they were feeding on those those hillsides that got the maximum amount of sun, you know, because it would burn off a little bit of the snow and they had easier access to grass. I mean, maybe that's the reason. Maybe because it's a little bit warmer for them. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. We didn't see many on the north sides looking back exactly, into that love exactly. country in um, there. Bucks cr- cruising through. Yep. Y- you know. Yeah, we did um, see that. But yeah, so it was. You, you just got to pay attention to what you're seeing. You do finally find a spot, and you do find some bucks. You got to almost take mental note of what it looks like, which mm-hmm. direction it's facing, what elevation you're at is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Knowing you know, knowing that, keeping track of that, um, which you can tell in the snow. But uh, if it's dry, like when I went down, I was down opening day hunting, and there was no snow yet, but it was definitely coming. It was cooling off fast. Um, but yeah, same same thing. They were pushed down. They were there were some way up on the peaks, and there were some down low. I mean, there were some next to the road down by the highway. So they're just kind of scattered throughout the entire units that we hunt. They're just kind of all over the place. But mm-hmm. to find those big groups of the actual like rut party, I mean, you gotta you gotta search. You gotta search for sometimes several days to find yeah. that. And you're looking for a drainage that's holding a number of does usually. Yes. And so you're looking, and by a drainage, a, a, you know, a big basin or a... Yeah. multiple a, coolies. Yeah, yeah. And, and these things may be miles across mm-hmm. and then multiple miles deep, maybe 10 miles long, you know. But yeah. in these in these drainages, when you can find a good number of does during the rut, it's just a matter of time. When you can find, like, I love to find 30 does in a drainage and yes. maybe 30 does in the adjacent drainage, you know, and there's 60 deer or even 100 does around, you know, and that's that's the scenario that we had that yep. drainage we found that we found where a, you killed your buck like yep. there was yeah, maybe 60 to 100 does yep. and it was a giant drainage big mountain features but yeah. there was you know 100 does in there and so there was bucks cruising yeah and that's what's kind of funny we, i was talking to you about it because i'm still learning i'm learning this rut this rut hunting for muleys i've, I've hunted early season a bunch and and uh done pretty well there but i haven't done a whole lot of this late season muleys yet we've talked about it for years but it seems like i always tag out early for you know you see a buck i have to go chase it so it seems like i tag out early but uh yeah getting to know that and the coolest thing that i notice is is one day you'll be hunting you see all these bucks well the next day you're still like you're thinking it's the same group of bucks or same group of does which it probably is the same group of does all of a sudden there's a buck there you haven't seen before and they just take off go somewhere else and then another buck will come in i mean so you'd never really know what's going to be there so if you do see a buck that you really want that day you have to go for it because the next day tomorrow he might not be there they're just traveling this time of year they're just going different places different does checking things out and they are on the move non-stop yeah. and and you're right that they their rut is just different than an elk's rut yes. like uh an elk you know he'll tend his herd and tend the cows yep. and he'll bide his time and try to breed everyone protect them yep. you know those those bucks they're just looking for a hot doe and yep. if they find a hot doe they're on her and it, she might be with a group of three or four does or you know maybe he's hanging out with three or four waiting for one to come in but one, you know, then he breeds her, and then he's gone, and he's looking for the next doe. He's looking yep. for the next group of does, and they just travel country, and so their their ruts just run a little bit different. They they are chasing off bucks if that yes. buck's on a hot doe, yep. or you know they they defend that way, you know, while it's going on. But um, yeah, it's just a it it is a a different experience, um, but equally as cool as the, as the elk rut. They're not vocal, but. Um, it gets crazy hunting where you have a, a really good chance at killing a, yep. a giant mature mule deer buck that's in the rut. Yep. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Mature, you know, they're they're stupid that time of year, but they they're doing one thing, and so it gives gives the guy with the bow a little bit of of the edge. You're able to focus on the um, the does a little bit more and and 
getting close to the does and then trying to cut off the buck or, you know, vice versa, trying to get in tight. And I mean, it's just, and then plus they're up on their feet almost all day. When you're in a party or rut party, they're going all day long. So, I mean, you can be your hunt. You, there's not really any downtime, you know, so it's just, it's just so action packed and just so aggressive. I mean, I, we put on, I don't know how many miles, but it's just, it's just nonstop. It's either trying to get a different position, trying to get the run right, go over here and check that from this vantage. Maybe we can approach from over here. You know what I mean? So it's just like, there's just a lot of things going on at one time. So it's just like kind of nuts, you know, they're in the rut, but we're like kind of in the rut too, chasing bucks, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty wild, you know, it's like, man, these guys just do not calm down. So yeah, what a blast. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah. Like you say, and a, and a lot of opportunity, you know, it, it's really tough to get a rifle rut tag. Of course, Montana, their general yes. tag, you can yep. hunt the rut. One of the only states you can do that. Yeah. But it, it really is the Achilles heel of the species of the mule deer. And so it, it's a it's a very special experience to be able to go and do that, you know, with a rifle in your hands and also with the bow in your hands. But the cool thing is, is there's a lot of opportunity for the bow hunter out there. I can think of multiple places that will give you a tag. And a lot of these states will let you hunt early and let you hunt late a lot of you know uh, uh, late hunts that you can apply for like there's a lot of opportunity to hunt the rut with a bow in your hands like mm -hmm. looking towards the dakotas and yeah um so yeah uh, there's a lot of opportunity and a guy sure has to take advantage of it that time of year because that november is so fun to chase it is challenging things. i mean you're going to deal with the weather you're going to deal with a lot of a lot more cold the snow and you got to be careful where you're where you're driving into where you're parking into you you drive to a place um one of these places and you got camp set up and all of a sudden it snows a foot two feet or you know a foot overnight or whatever which it did to us or pretty much yeah what are you gonna do now you're there to like for the i mean you're gonna struggle getting out of country or yep. you know hopefully regroup pack out then find a different spot have multiple places to hunt but so you got to deal with that um hunting pressure is always going to be yep. there but uh man you can get away from that if you're just willing to willing to put the big glass up and find some deer somewhere i mean we'll go for it wherever it's, wherever it's at we'll go check them out we'll get a closer look and see what it's all about mm -hmm. so yeah man so much fun we found some good yep. mature bucks this year and man what a great year yep so still some opportunity down in arizona and i would like to learn that desert habitat that desert experience down mm -hmm. there even with lower numbers i think we can find action down there i think we can I find think so too i think a couple decent... of us with the glass we'll, yeah. we'll pick it apart we'll find something be to... fun to look over like i i think of those guys glassing them down in the desert floor mm -hmm. down there some of those kind of desert rock features that pop up you know yep. uh, out of that bottom and you know I, I think some of those northern units of arizona could be really good too they have really good genetics up there it's just kind of cold up there and, uh, and around there. Not that I ever mind the cold no. or suffering. Like, no, I, but we're going down to Arizona. We're, we're going to go to some, Arizona. Yeah, let's got to soak in some sunshine. Heck yeah. Gosh, yeah. last year we left. I left Helena last year, and I, I remember this vividly. It was like, I think it was 18 below zero the morning we left. And I left super early, if I remember right. It was 18 below zero. And we basically drove straight through. I mean, we did like a 23-hour drive. I mean, I don't know. We stopped, took a little nap, Flagstaff, I believe, and then we just rallied. I mean, it was pretty much a straight shot down there. Got out of the truck, and it was like 80 degrees. It was almost a 100-degree difference driving down there. I mean, it was just like, holy crap. I packed way too many clothes. But, man, what a what an experience. Just beautiful. Cactus everywhere. The, the sun rises and sunsets down there. Just incredible. The days feel like they're longer. I mean, everything about it is just, it's like, holy crap. I just got a break. I'm someplace. I'm like on a different planet right now. Mm -hmm. Leaving Montana to go down there this time of year. It's just, you know, it's 
pretty incredible. Fortunate for the blue collar guy yeah. to have that opportunity on an over the counter mule deer or coos yes. adventure. Like that's pretty cool that you can go down there in January. And it's and not breaking the bank, man. No, we're, we're going to spend our number one thing is is just gas. That's what we're pretty much yep. spending our money on is just gas to get down there. But you go with a buddy and split it, and no big deal. Yep, uh, it'll be it'll yeah. be fun. Get our tag, and we'll be set to go. And yeah. Go live on the desert floor, live in the dirt for a little while, and go chase those <laughs> things around. Just yep. fun to have your bow and have your glass and be immersed in the hunt. So, like you say, it's just a cool opportunity mm-hmm. and good time of the year to get away. And so, yeah, we'll we'll go uh, check it out, see if we can't get into them. It's a good idea looking for some mealies on the way, even if it mixes up the trip a little bit, gives us like a day break. We can go glass this unit and gets us out of the truck, gets us hiking on our way down to where we're actually going to hunt. And I mean, it's a good idea just to go check it out. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I've been looking at a couple of those units down there. Um, yeah, and I think those those muleys are going to be rutting as well when we go down there. Yes. So, you know, catch a group of does, and there's a good chance there'll be a buck around somewhere, maybe a couple of them. You yeah, know? exactly. Small little mule deer party down there and go get into them. Yeah, coos deer, mule deer, I don't care. I'll hunt whatever whatever we find down there. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be fun. Good experience. And like I said, it's a, it's getting way late in the year well actually it's the beginning of the next year so you're already into 19 it will be and then uh yeah we already got our bows we're already making making a hunt to very first couple weeks of um 2019 Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool right now time of year is kind of everybody's kind of putting their well their bows are already put away and everybody's kind of done finishing up but it's like man being able to push the season a little bit longer and be have another hunt right here for the cheap i mean that's pretty cool pretty fortunate to be able to go down and do this Mm -hmm. well and i think um you know i i think i i love being prepared for hunts and mm-hmm. I love being in good shape and shooting good. But I also think that experience is the best teacher. Oh, yeah. And when you're getting yep. experience, yep. Uh, you know, you when you're, the more days you're hunting, the more you're learning, the better you're getting at it, yep. the more proficient you're getting at it, you know? And I, I just think like I, like I said earlier, I think every different landscape and in every different you know, critter that we chase, I think it sharpens you in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like that desert habitat sharpens you and those coos sharpen you, especially like they, they like there's, they're so tough to glass and keep track of. And you can see so much. I mean, you get on the vantage point, it's almost overwhelming how yes. much good desert landscape and mountains you can see. Like you can't, it takes you 15 minutes, 20 minutes to cover it. Yep. And then you cover it and then you're panning back through it and you're just trying to catch any inconsistencies. You're trying to catch an, an, an ear, ear yeah, a body, anything, a, a, a back line, a color, yep. a something, and just catch one of those things and then keep your eye on them. But it keeps you so good on your glass and then... You know, you're making plays. You're trying to get to the spot that you mm-hmm. found, and you're trying. Then you're trying to play the close game, is what I love, and I know that's why you love bow hunting oh, yeah. too. Like when you get close and you get a stock, and you get you, you get to try to make these these intense high mo- like uh, uh, highly you know like like really tough deliberate moves to this animal. Like when you're stalking and when you get in close, like the pressure's on. That thing is trying to catch you, and it's used yep. to avoiding point. mountain lions yes. and, and, and predators for thousands of years. It's evolved, and those, those coos deer are so wiry and switched on. And yes. so when you're engaged in the stock, and you're 200 yards, and then you're 100 yards, and it's like a, everything is intensified. And you go to take those, those steps, and you're just trying to do, make all the right mm-hmm. moves to get to a place where you can bend those limbs back and try to execute a good shot. But 
Um, I, I just love being in that the moment. And that, yes. for me, is worth the yep. price of admission. It's just that close encounter, uh, yep. uh, trying to trying to outsmart and outwit you know, a, a critter on its own ground. I, I, I just think that improves your skills far more than, than anything you can do out there. Yep, I, I completely agree with you. you got to be sharp down there, patient, but somewhat aggressive on these things. Definitely in the rut. They're going to be moving around nonstop, too, so you got to be able to cut them off or, or make plays. Hardest thing is... Um, finding them is super challenging, like you're saying. And then once you find them, that's great and all, but keeping track of these little deer is next to impossible. So if you're going to make a play, you almost have to be sprinting or at least jogging to get, you know, get to where you have a, either another vantage where you are, you got eyes on them. Like you got a buddy back on the glass. Yeah. Yeah. You know, give you the hand signals. Yeah. Still there. Go for it. And you're making a play. You, it might take you half hour to get down there, get to where you can even have an approach or you might even be able to see him again. So you got to, you know, having two guys is really nice. You look back like, is it already gone? I mean, where, where are we at on the, you know, situation? So you got to be a really aggressive getting there. Once you get in there, then the, then the game changes. You got the does to worry about the bucks to worry about and everything else, you know, and man, they're, they're tough. They're a little animal, really small target. So you got to make, you got to get in tight. And I mean, it's, it's a challenge, but they're, they're so much fun. I know like a good coos, we were talking about good coos, 120 inch coos is a good buck, giant, giant buck. Um, and you, you know, I think people that haven't hunted them before, or haven't seen them before. They're like, Oh man, I, that's a little tiny deer. It's smaller than a whitetail that I would shoot, you know, but they're, they're bigger than that. When you see these coos deer and how they posture and how they strut around and how they hold themselves, 120 inch coos deer on the hoof looks really big. I mean, it gets you just turned on just like it does on a, on a big muley. I mean, it's like, holy crap, look at that thing. They're, they're, they are, they're a little like miniature whitetail, but they're, they're kind of like, uh, how do you explain it? Kind of like, like gnarly horns and like, uh, like heavy like short stubby but they're like heavy and i mean it's just it's really cool looking and they make themselves look plenty big i mean they're mm-hmm. gonna get you really excited and they're a different they're just a different species than yeah. a whitetail they're just evolved to that desert habitat and they belong there yep. and then watching these deer you can get to appreciate the big ones the heavy ones yes. the more mature bucks the five six year old bucks and you, you get this appreciation for them and this drive to want to harvest one of those <laughs> yeah. things too. Yep. And yeah, along with the, like what you were saying, like locating those things, I think like some of the nuances in the stock that you really get better at. And, and one of the biggest things on the stock with all game species is being able to relocate that game species when you're coming in close. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're trying to relocate it at 100 yards when you're moving in yes. in the stock. Yes. Or you're coming over a rise at 60 yards and he should be right there. Like you always have to relocate this animal. And, and the key to it is to find them before they find you. Yeah. Whether it's you Super think of tough. antelope or – and I always call it like ridgeline assault because you have to – Always come over a ridgeline, exposing yourself to find them. And you're exposing yourself as your eyes are trying to look for them and find them before they find you coming yes. up. That is one of the toughest things with the stock. And I really think those coups make you better at it because they're so yeah. tough to spot that you, you know, you're talking about running and cutting them off. And there is a time to run, be quick, cut them off, get to the spot. That all happens in the beginning of the stock. Yep. But right at the end, like the key with it is knowing how and when to slow down and then see them before they see you don't expose yourself moving too fast and i you know we i still make that mistake to this day i can remember a muley i came creeping in on and it was one buck that had chased this doe into this aspen patch 
And then there was a draw in between me and him, and they ended up working down in that draw, which would have been perfect in bow range from me. And I just came and just exposed myself a little too quick where my legs were showing below the tree brows, but I had to expose my upper body to get around him to look, and I got around him, and sure enough, that buck was right down there in the bottom and staring in my direction, and it caught that movement of my legs. I had exposed myself, and I had lost the game because he saw me before I saw him. But those coos, they're constantly challenging you to come over a rise and find them before they find you. And I I just think that's so beneficial for all Western game Mm -hmm. and just improves that one part of your skill set, which which helps. Yeah, you got to be sharp. You got to be on your glass and you got to be knowing when you get close. That's everything almost comes to a halt. You got to be so slow and glassing with your binos. You have to just almost every time you take a stop, you're you're stopped. You're you're looking around. If you're going to do that, you might as well throw up your glass. I mean, you're right there doing it. I mean, might as well just throw up your glass, give it a once over, take another few steps and do it all over again. I mean, it's it's crucial looking through your glass. It's amazing what you can pick up looking into the brush with your glass than you can with your bare eyes. Even mm-hmm. if you're, like I said, you're at 100 yards. You can see at 100 yards very well. But it's hard to pick up hair or fur or, or a tine or whatever you're hunting for. I mean, it's, it's super tough. If they can be so still and they can be still for a, it's almost seems like an eternity sometimes when you get you're almost busted or something's looking your direction it's amazing to me it happened to us when we're hunting this year they're like they're on their feet they're sitting there looking at you or looking in your direction and they don't mind they'll they'll wait there 10 15 minutes 20 minutes they don't care that's what they're doing they're just they're looking because they do not want to die and they know there's they're being hunted and so now you're in a situation where you can't move and you might be there for (laughs) what seems like an hour or two you know it's it's pretty wild so you got to make smart choices you got your head's got to be on a swivel like i said during the rut um the challenge is is they move constantly so you might have a buck in a perfect spot. By the time you get there, the pi- by the time it takes you to actually crawl in or get into bow range, chances are he's moved somewhere else or he's 100 yards further or closer or this way or that. I mean, who knows, you know? So it's And then another thing about I've noticed last year hunting these coos deer is, yeah, you see a buck that you want to make a play for and you're all excited about it. Take a little few more seconds to look around and then all of a sudden you start seeing, oh, there's another one, there's another one. So if I would have just left early, I would have I would have bumped the whole thing out because I didn't see these other deer that would have you know blocked me from getting to the one I wanted to get to and that happened to us we both went on a stock we both separated went on to different stocks I think what happened was is I, I don't know if w- one of us or the hunters that were above us bumped them and it kind of blew the whole thing up because you don't see all the deer they're so hard to see and you get excited when you finally find a good buck that you just want to go for it but man you got to be patient and see what's all there what's going to be in your line of sight or in your path to get there because you don't want to blow it up just by leaving your glassing situation just to go make a play you're going to blow the whole thing up before you even get there isn't that so the it's, truth? it's super tough i mean glassing is the most important thing i mean i think it is you oh, got to have good glass i mean man good glass a really good tripod down there i mean just crucial mm-hmm. it has to be yep and then always looking yep trying to find those master vantage points like it's a way of thinking like uh, i you know, if you just went down there and started walking across that desert landscape thinking mm-hmm. you're going to turn up coos deer and see 25 a day and five bucks, you don't. Like, you got to find those master vantage points that show off the immense amount of country and pick it yep. apart. And know, too, that you're only seeing 50% of the yeah, country, exactly. 60%, but you can see 
a, a big portion of that that 60% you're seeing is is giant you're looking over miles and miles yep. you're doing your walking with your eyes but believing in that process getting to those master vantage points that shows off all that country that shows you what's living in there and then you can put your attention if you do see a buck you know a lot of times you go over towards that buck and you find one working over to him yep. just because you found good coos country or good yep. mule deer Where country. Where they're hanging out at. Or whatever yep. it is. Yeah, you just bump into more of them, you know. Yep. But, yeah, I that that those master vantage points, like to just walk around out there with your binoculars, I don't think you'd see a whole lot of them. Like it, it seems like you got to find those good spots that show off that country. And you're giving it an opportunity to, to unfold. I mean, oh, you, yeah, yeah. you got to be there. Yeah, you might sit there and be like, man, there's nothing here. You'd stand up to leave, and all of a sudden there's one right, I mean, right there. You know, it's happened to me I don't know how many times. Yeah. So it's like you got to give it an opportunity to unfold and just see what act- what it's all about. You can't just give it five, 15 minutes. You you know, we try, we're pretty good about it. We give it a couple hours. I mean, yep. we'll sit for a couple hours sitting there, you know, look around, really pick it apart, switch, switch angles on whatever we're at, like if we're on rocks or if we're on a peak. I mean, switch it up, go a little bit lower, a little bit higher. I mean, just move around a little bit, just get different angles. These little tiny angles looking into trees and brush is a big deal, you know, catch an ear, catch a horn or whatever. So it's, yeah, you got to, glassing, I love glassing, but it's, uh, man, it's amazing how many hours you spend just sitting there behind the glass, you know, before you even make a play. So, but it's exciting to me. I loved glass. And like you said, you see so many square miles and it seems like, yeah, yeah, I got a good feel for it, man. I just looked over everything. It's like, well, you're not actually covering all of it. You're just not. There's so many folds. And so many little hidden things that uh, during the rut, everything's kind of moving around. Definitely mornings, evenings, things are still moving around or getting ready to move. And so you got to be patient. you got to actually sit there until dark or past dark, you know, give it the full deal. Yeah, or we were catching them late in the morning, too. Yes. Yep. Both mule deer, coos, whatever you're hunting. Yeah, just yep. being um, diligent and, and putting in those good long sessions, picking it apart. Um, not just the 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 short look around like you can't just get mm-hmm. to a vantage point and glass it real quick be there five minutes and go well i don't see anything and move on no matter what you're hunting whether it's elk mule deer yeah. you know coos you got to give it time to materialize you get to a good vantage point and yeah you pick it apart every little opening and like you say you can maybe only see 50 percent of the country so you got to give those animals a chance to move to your 50 percent let them roll through mm-hmm. country and expose themselves and um, or a lot of times they're bedded right at first light. Yes. You think everything yep. feeds at first light and then puts away. You know that's that's the normal protocol, but but they just don't. A lot of animals in the early in the late season, yep. they they'll be out at late in the morning. And those coos, a lot of times we catch them an hour after light or two hours after light when they're trying to go to their bed. Yep, exactly. Yep, I, I remember that. I remember hanging out there and then picking up one that's just laying, you know, laying under a bush or just still like sleeping really i mean waiting for the lights to come on so before it starts moving around or go to get water or whatever it's going to do so yeah i agree with you completely got to be patient you got to trust your glass you got to trust the places where you're setting yourself up that's why we always talk about vantage points so much is you got to put faith in these vantage points and let it let it play out mm-hmm. so yeah i'm excited to get down there like i said warm weather a break from work a break from everything get down there and uh Gosh, bow in the hand, and I mean, just going to be chasing little deer around. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Oh, man, it's going to be fun. Yep. Well, we'll keep shooting. Get ready here. It won't be too long. We'll be loading up our gear. What about another two, three weeks? What? It's almost Christmas now, huh? Yeah, it's like two days till, right? It's the it's the 21st right now, so yeah. Yeah. A few more days, a couple more weeks, and uh, 
have everything ready to go, then jump in the truck for the long haul. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, another adventure. So, and a great blue collar adventure that we can yeah. do on the cheap. And so, yeah, let's go have some fun down there. But man, I, I really enjoyed sharing all the hunts with you this season. We shared uh, elk season and mm -hmm. um, gosh, we, we hunted late season muleys and now headed down for coups. But yeah, the, the adventures are always fun with you. Yep. Congratulations on your season. A couple of really nice bucks, nice antelope yeah, down. Appreciate You've that. done yeah. really good. Yeah. It was a great um, year. Yeah. And, uh, to many more, yeah. yeah I guess we're starting sure. in 2019. Already go, making plans. Yeah, let's go start off right. That's so. that's funny. It's like first thing I, you know, come over here today. It's like an hour and a half drive for me to come hang out with Brian today. And it's like one of the first things. How many points do we got here? How many points do we got here? It's like, all right, all right, we got we got an opportunity here. You know, we could put in for it. You know, it's just kind of funny how we talk about it. It's like, man, where are we sitting for points right now? So, I mean, it's already planning, already thinking about it, and uh, you know, what's our backup plan if we don't draw? You know, states are changing every year. Colorado has been changing the last two years in a row. It's just changing, changing. So it's like, man, what are we, what are we gonna do this year? So um, yeah, it's fun. It's uh, you got to pay attention to the rigs, and you got to be, you got to be willing to to hunt different places. You know, mm -hmm. we've had some really good hunts in the past that aren't producing anymore. So it's like you got to be willing to try different places, different, different techniques, and just everything. You yeah, know? places we can't draw anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's always changing. Yeah. And and it's the information age, and so. You know, there, there. You can find out a lot of information and do a lot of e-scouting on these units, but there's a lot more competition too, and a lot more competition for tags. And this, you know, this bow hunting's got, you know, a lot more popular over the last ten yes, years or so. So, but we just need to keep adapting with it, you know, and, yeah. and keep utilizing this this yep. information and um, keep keep using what we've learned and what we know to find new places, new mountain ranges, and and just explore and have fun with it, man. Yep. I mean, isn't that the deal? It's yeah, just so sure. fun to, to be on these adventures, to plan these adventures, to mm -hmm. look forward to them. So, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. So, yeah. But every place has its own challenge, you know, every place. Like, where yeah. we're headed soon, it's there's different challenges down there. I mean, there's, there's cactus. Everything's sharp and pointy. I mean, there's a lot of different challenges down there. And just like anywhere else, you're fighting the snow, you're fighting hunting pressure, you're fighting grizzly bears. I mean, holy cow, just name it. It's happening. So, everywhere you go has got its own little niche and its own little challenge and like i said we're going to be sleeping in the dirt for probably a week you know behind the truck or under the truck or out in the you know little spike at baby camp somewhere and yeah it'll be fun yeah uh, it's never easy but i think that challenge is what we what what keeps us coming back you know oh, yeah. that's it's oh, yeah. This, this always moving puzzle that you're trying to figure out and get done. But it's fun to be immersed into that challenge and figuring it out and being forced with these tough decisions. Like you say, you can plan for all these things that are going to happen, but you really don't know until you get down there and yes. until you get hunting that, that um, you know, it, it can be tough to find animals. You can be looking in the wrong mm -hmm. spots. Um, you know, like you say, you can run into to weather conditions and it's just up up to you to overcome those yep. i mean i think on one of our hunts this year we had uh, do we have two flat tires or three flat tires or yeah three i think three flat <laughs> tires and so one it, day it's just, <laughs> yeah it's always something you just oh, yeah. gotta tackle it but yep. it's part of the fun but i dude i love sharing adventures with you you're the perfect hunting partner yeah, i can't wait to go on this one in arizona and to many more this next year yep. let's go have some fun and chase some critters around and yeah, maybe it'll we'll be a get good lucky year. And, it'll be a good year yep, yeah for sure for sure right on man thanks yep All right, guys, that's a wrap. Um, gosh, really fun conversation with my buddy Dan. 
again, I just try to take advantage of uh, when we get together and hang out. I just really like those those live ones with buddies, and I, I like mixing and matching these these episodes where I get guys on that I've never met before that are in a different walk of life. I like uh, having my good friends, my good buddies on. Uh, I like having um, you know my staff and friends on from Eastman's, and I think we got a really good mix going right now, and I I, I like to tr- try to change it up to where we don't have you know episodes that are the same playing back to back, and it's just amazing that you can have you know a hundred and thirty some episodes of talking about hunting and um, never quite have the same conversation. It's just uh, there's so much to it, and I think it's why we like it so much. Um, I I know you know I've got responsibilities too with with work and family and things, but in my free time. Um, you know, I, I choose to spend it, you know, looking at hunting spots, thinking about hunting, shooting my bow, running on trails. I just try to put all my effort into becoming the best bow hunter I can. And, um, I'm really happy living that life. Like I, it's just something that I love to do so much that, and something that I love to prepare for that if it's my free time, I'm probably thinking about bow hunting. Uh, I know you guys are the same, you know, listening to this podcast and gathering information and trying to become better. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lifestyle being a backcountry bow hunter. And we are trying to take on, like I say it all the time, one of the, the, the most difficult challenges out there, you know, to, to arrow a wild critter on public ground, like, um, it, it doesn't come easy. And so it takes that commitment and dedication and effort and, um, so anyways, fun conversation with Dan, and I, I just love talking bow hunting with him. Uh, sponsor for today's show is Matthews Bows. Just so excited to welcome Matthews Bows, uh, sponsor in Eastman's Elevated in 2019. Um, just a great company, building great bows. Their engineers just keep raising the bar on their bows. Um, I really like this new Vertex. This thing is shooting. Um, I really like the Triax, the one before it, and uh, but this Vertex is just a hair longer and um, God, it's just a smooth shooter, quiet, um, really forgiving, uh, super accurate. God, it's weighted well. I can really get the the weight around it to where it aims, just rock solid on target. So I'm just super impressed with this bow. I can't wait to to see what I'm able to turn up here in 2019. Um, so thanks to those guys for sponsoring the podcast. Really appreciate the support. And with that, yeah, uh, just get together, do this ATA, um, fly home, uh, kiss the wife, and off to Arizona. Um, yeah, I'm just super excited. That's kind of my timeline to get down there. And, and uh, I know me and Dan talk about it in this podcast, but yeah, just super excited to get the bow out again. Um, it's been shooting really well. I've been shooting, gosh, you know, at least a couple sessions a day. Um, you know, it's been getting dark, but I've been shooting a few arrows before I leave, few arrows when I get home, just trying to make the time, you know, and if it is dark, then I'm, then I'm shooting in the garage, you know, at, at close range, but it's still aiming, executing shots. And I just shoot my, I shoot my best when I'm shooting a lot. And so, um, yeah, just trying to get, you know, build a relationship with this new bow too, so I can trust it on this next hunt and all these hunts, 2019. And, and just really, you know, I, I think there for years, like not for years, like, okay, I'll say the last couple seasons, not that I've phoned it in, but I, I've just kind of shot my arrows and tuned my bows and, and just kind of had confidence. But if I'm, if I'm being absolutely truthful, you know, 
I, I haven't been trying to to really improve my archery game, like really working hard at it, like I I did in my you know in the years prior to that, where I'm you know I'm shooting tournaments and I I'm shooting against buddies, I'm shooting multiple times a day, I'm working on my tune, I'm you know tearing apart the bow, rebuilding it, resetting it up, I'm double checking things, like I, I've got all my targets you know well out to a hundred yards or so, so I can shoot all those distances at any time, like I I just the last couple of years, I've, I, you know, not that I want to say I'm doing the bare minimum, like I've been shooting a lot of arrows and making sure that I'm ready, but I haven't been pushing myself to, to be a better archer and to improve and to get better. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm absolutely doing that this season. Um, I, I just want to, want to be the, the best archer I can. And man, I, they're, they're high pressure shots and and when they come you know you just get this fleeting opportunity to to, to make a shot under high stress and high pressure and and um, you know just the the better archer I can be you know the the, the more I'm gonna make those shots or the higher higher percentage I have to make those shots so anyways just trying to really progress my archery game and and push myself here and and so it's been going really good and I've really enjoyed it but um yeah, really fun for this podcast. Just can't wait to, you know, to to share with you guys what I got coming up. I'm trying to line up uh, another one with um, Lampers, who is just an absolute killer, had another great season. And so, yeah, hopefully we can get together and do a trail run and record a podcast, do a live one. That'd be fun. And then got some great ones coming up at the ATA. And, um, yeah, just some really good guests lined up and can't wait to, to have some in-depth conversations about hunting and try to try to um, evolve my knowledge too. just always trying to get better. Um, I, I just uh, I love this game we're in and uh, love having passion in my life. And it's really fun to be able to share it on radio with you guys each and every week. So I just really uh, appreciate the support and uh, I wish you guys all the best on your hunting endeavors in 2019. Keep working hard towards your goals.